0: of couch potato sports denver broncos uh my name is zach and i'm here with my great buddy anthony and we're here to follow up from another devastating loss from the broncos uh against the kansas city chiefs 12 straight loss in a row to the kansas city chiefs and the streak doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon so um start off anthony how are you doing
1: i am doing pretty well man not too uh not too bad at all how about yourself
0: I'm doing good. Uh, It's been a few days since that uh, abysmal performance on uh, Sunday Night Football. So I've had some time to collect the thoughts and just (laughs) listen to what other analysts around the NFL have been saying. And um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, I feel like I'm at peace right now. And I'll explain why going forward. And I just just, need to ask one thing real quick, though, before you move on.
1: What's up? Got to get this out of the way. Did you – how much money did you lose on that on that game?
0: Uh $37.50. <laughs> so
1: you put all your chips in, huh? All in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I
0: mean Yeah, have we had we had like uh Russell Wilson and a new coaching, I probably would have uh, put more money down, but you know, that's not the case, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'll get this out of the way too. I know in the last podcast I was guaranteeing wins left and right and you know, it <laughs> Once again, the Broncos uh, let me down, you know, I thought it was an opportunity for them because uh, they usually don't uh, not only beat, but destroy two really good football teams one season, at least in the past five years, they haven't. So I, I saw it as an opportunity for the Denver Broncos to finally, you know, break through that stigma that they've had and, you know, and didn't happen. And, you know, this, for those out there that was watch that were watching the game, you know, I you had the same feeling that me and Anthony did. You know, it was it seemed like a blowout, but you know, it really wasn't. It was it was a close closer game than people might think. You know, yeah. and, you know, we stats across the board. The Broncos won, and if you're just looking at the stats, you would have thought that the Broncos had won that game.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, but you know that that it all comes down to. Uh The reason why they lost the game, it always comes down to, you know, the factors and that's not having a prolific quarterback on our team and poor coaching across Bingo. the board. So that's, that's those are the two big factors. And, you know, I've what <clears throat> what is gives me hope, but also hurts the most is that I've heard at least two different NFL national analysts talk about how the Broncos are they had a quarterback and a uh, different coaching, they would be a Super Bowl contender. So uh, that is, that resonated with me. And I, I, I believe it. I feel like if we had, you know, you just look at this game and I have a lot of stuff written down from that game and a lot of it's anger writing, but uh, <laughs> you know, we can filter through that, but uh, uh, it's just, that's what it comes down to, man. It's just this team is not built to beat the Kansas city chiefs
1: right no. now. They're no, not. It's funny I uh, I meant to mention this on the last pod- podcast we did after the Chargers victory but during the I might I don't think I mentioned it but during the halftime show Boomer Esiason, he said that if Justin Herbert was you on the Denver Broncos yeah. yeah I mean that just says it all right there and it's well known throughout the entire world of social media and even like professional media when it comes to NFL and Everybody is saying and everybody can see that the Broncos are literally a quarterback away. And it seems like they've been saying that for a long time and it seems like us Broncos fans have been saying that for a long time too. But it seems like it's like honestly closer than ever. Like it's never, oh, yeah. been, it's never been more true that the Broncos just are truly a quarterback away. I mean, you said it. Look at the numbers outside of the score. Look at the numbers from this game. They literally handed Patrick Mahomes I think his worst pass easily easily his worst pass rating of the season, one of the worst of his entire career. Yep. Um you held Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kilda like I think five combined catches. And it seemed like it was all on the first drive of the game. Like it we're close, dude. It just sucks. I mean, we're close. I mean, we're gonna we'll get into it big time here soon, I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, and
0: and that's the reality. Of it. The other analyst that said it is a former NFL quarterback, David Carr. He said it earlier this week too. He just mm-hmm. he was looking, he was recapping this game, and he's like, you know what, the Broncos, if they had a quarterback, they would be Super Bowl contenders. And I believe it's coaching too. If we had a coach that yeah, actually knew how to time management, time manage well, and we had a a coach that actually, a head coach that actually gave a shit about our offense, you know, even a little bit, I feel like it would be a different story. And Pat Shermer is just, just terrible.
1: You know, he is he's still
0: terrible, and and you know, I'm just I'm looking forward. But I feel optimistic, still because I'm I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. And uh, for those that don't know, there was some really uh, breaking news today, uh, actually, and I actually hit up Anthony about it and wanted to confirm it because he's a Twitter wizard. <laughs> and uh i don't know if yeah, that's a good russell,
1: thing
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's a great thing don't let anyone tell you otherwise <laughs> but um uh yeah it's it's confirmed that russell wilson uh from sources close to him have said that he would waive his no trade clause for the saints the giants
1: the philadelphia eagles and the denver broncos yeah c- consider waiving it yes Yes. And and the Eagles are like, I've heard that from, was it Schefter? It wasn't like in the, what kind of got dropped today was the Broncos giants and saints, but I have heard the Eagles like in recent weeks too.
0: Yeah. And that's why I said that is because it was coming from Shefty. So gotcha. um, Anything that comes from Shefty is pretty much going to happen. So, uh, Mm. well, not going to happen, but like, it's true. So yeah, there's
1: definitely smoke Um, there.
0: Exactly. So, That was some really good news, and I know you and I in this podcast have talked about. You know, uh, Benjamin Albright was the one of the first ones to bring it up about how the hypothetical situation of Dan Quinn, Mike McDaniel, and uh, Russell Wilson being a part of our squad next year. So,
1: dude, he he today was yeah, he was on fire on Twitter today, dude, because he's been talking about it on Broncos Country tonight for what seems like months. He's been talking about on Twitter. And when he finally had somebody else come out and say it, it was Jordan Schultz, which I'd never even heard of Jordan Schultz before, but kind of did some research, and he's a pretty uh, qualified he's, dude. He,
0: yeah, he's high up there.
1: Yeah, so that's good to hear. But Albright was just having a field day on Twitter, like, posting GIFs and memes and stuff. Just almost like, yeah, I've been telling you fuckers. I've been saying this for a long time. And, like, I, one of the ones that stuck out to me was... Uh, um. Somebody asked him because he's always answering uh, questions on Twitter, and he's a pretty open book when it comes to you know he's pretty honest. It seems like at least with what because he I mean he is on Broncos Country Tonight. Obviously, he's literally records his show in Dove Valley, so I don't think he gives out quite everything that he hears, but a lot of it. So he he's pretty transparent and pretty honest when it comes to his question or his not questions his answers to questions on Twitter and. uh Let me just—I gotta pull it up real quick so I don't mess it up. But it was like, it's just like today. He was just like I said, just like almost having fun with it. But just the news, and he's been telling everybody for a long time. And give me one second. Yeah, where to go?
0: And uh, and for all those guys that are Benjamin Albright haters, I know you're out there. I've seen you. You know, quit hating on the man. He just—he knows what he's talking about. Follow him on Twitter and just stay tuned because he knows what he's talking about. He hears it from actual people inside Dove Valley, you know, and people that are close to George Payton. So, I mean, and it's obvious if, if Russell, Russell Wilson has been wanting out of Seattle since last off season, you know, because the news came out that he, he had the bears on his radar and all these, a couple other teams. I can't remember exactly about, because he just – he doesn't – him and Pete Carroll don't share the same philosophy going forward on the Seattle Seahawks. No. Pete Carroll is a run-first type of dude. He wants to run the ball down people's throat, old school, win the game uh, with defense
1: kind of player, kind of coach. Kind of like what we have now. Yeah, and was it and – and Schottenheimer has been – had been the uh, – God, who was – they had their OC in previous years was very run-centric too, and it was obviously because – That's what Pete Carroll wanted. And there actually was a little piece of information that came out a week or so ago that said uh, the past two years, but before they fired their previous OC, when they were actually like a better offense and actually throwing the ball well and stuff, that Russ had a lot to do with that when it came to changing the plays and actually calling the plays versus having the OC do it. So this year, it's pretty obvious that he is just little, almost just you know, running the plays that he's told to and it is like pretty horrendous. Like it's not going it's a, it's a waste of a talent and I know I've been a Russell Wilson hater and it's never been because of his talent or the kind of dude he is or anything. It's all personal, stupid reasons, honestly. <laughs> but uh the dude is a phenomenal. He's a top ten quarterback, hands down. When on his best day, he's top five hands down. So yeah. He's there he's just wasting his talent. I think he sees that and you know, he had a couple good runs. He obviously beat the shit out of the Broncos in Super Bowl forty eight. He lost to the Seahawks or to the Seahawks, the Patriots, uh Super Bowl 49. 49. Yep. And he ain't been back since. So he 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 obviously it seems like he sees that the writing's on the wall for him there in Seattle. And dude, come on. Bring it on in.
0: Yeah, and I mean if he's what I'm led to believe if he's openly saying he's willing to waive his trade clause to come to the Broncos, George Payton's going to make it happen. What has he done? He's going to try dude? what is he, what has he done thus far? You know, barring him wanting to stay in Seattle, obviously, if he wants to stay in Seattle and they work something out in the off season, then he's going to stay in Seattle, you know, because what quarterback wants to spend majority of his time there just to leave. You know, he exactly. wants, you we know, want to stay there for his career. That's how Peyton Manning was. And it didn't work out for him. You know, Aaron Rodgers. he wants to stay in green Bay, you know, all this stuff. He just, if they work it out, he's staying in Seattle. But if they yeah. don't work it out, I am hundred percent confident that George Peyton's going to make it happen. You know, yeah, look at all out- the draft capital. I have the seal, ce- the salary cap ceiling it raised for this next year.
1: And the, the, the Broncos are sitting pretty, uh,
0: the, the, I don't see how
1: we don't get this done with George Payton. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I never want to put anything, you know, I don't ever want to say, yep, it's going to happen. But we, I mean, you and I have been talking about it on this, on this podcast for a month that we've been seeing this. And, you know, the, obviously there's hypotheticals and, you know, with the Dan Quinn stuff, but it's really starting to like, that, where that you know, there was a little bit of smoke. I mean, it's starting to turn into a fire and it kind of blew up today. With this report, and I actually found uh, the tweet I was talking about. So it was pretty much uh, Albright kind of retweeting Jordan Schultz kind of breaking the news, and some guy commenting to be like, "Yeah, that would be kind of weird with a new head coach in Denver." And Albright says, "Or would <laughs> Russ have input on that?" Winky face.
0: Yeah, I'm so, sure he
1: would. <laughs> exactly. So
0: George and- Payton's going to have a conversation, sit down with him if he signs him. He's right. like, who do you want your head coach to be? Yeah, That's gonna, what exactly he's going to ask. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> I mean, I think that – I mean, George Payton, we've connected these dots before. George Payton and mm-hmm. Dan Quinn make a lot of sense, and I honestly would be pretty happy with that hiring. I, I mean, that honestly gets us closer to Russell Wilson than any other head coach because Russell Wilson – I mean, he didn't play for Dan Quinn, but Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator throughout their glory years in Seattle. So mm-hmm. the, the, they know the, each
0: other very well.
1: They know each other very well. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I did. Did you happen to see the uh, hypothetical trade that it would take?
0: Uh, is it three first rounders, second and third? Is it something uh, like that?
1: So. And I wanted to break. I wanted to talk with you about this because it earlier this year, earlier this off, or before the season started, when it was all when the, you know everybody was raving about Rodgers and Rodgers to Denver and all this, there was one player that you would not trade, and I was like pretty shocked. And I would have traded him and then been some in order to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Do you remember which player that was?
0: It was between Chubb and Fan. Honestly can't remember who it was because I have different feelings
1: now. <laughs> and it was Fant, very heavily. Okay. You had said yeah. that you would not trade Noah Fant to do yeah. it. And I was like, trade Fant and Chubb. Like I was like, fuck it, get Rogers here. Um... Well the
0: thing the thing about that now is that we've seen what Albert O can do. And I still I still have a lot of hope for Noah Fant. I mean, imagine having Noah Fant with Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? It would just be
1: exactly. – uh, Noah Fant
0: would be a way better tight end than he's been playing lately because, you know, just because of the shitty play calls and well, so, yeah. Teddy yeah, so not f- targeting him and all this shit. You know, it's – I mean, some of it is Noah Fant's fault too. I'm not just blaming them. You know, it's not all all the quarterback and the coaching, but majority of it is. A very large majority. You know, yeah. And, you know, but if it
1: <laughs> – Come still, on, I mean, Zach. still up in the Fant? air
0: between Chubb and Fan. Like,
1: you, all um, right, so his, I found it. So, um, Ben, but we, we get
0: Fran is more reliable than Chubb, though, right? As far as injury,
1: well, so he, so he was Ben Albright, of course, was asked on Twitter, What would it cost? Like, if you had to make a guess, what would it, like the framework of a deal like be? And uh, he, know, yeah. okay, go ahead. And big, and Ben Albright said, Two firsts, a second and a rookie contract player like Noah Fant, And probably another pick is probably the type of framework we would need to be. Easy. Done. Fucking – yeah, dude. And it's weird, dude, because, like, back in the offseason when I was just – I honestly thought you were crazy not to throw Fant out there for Rodgers. Like, I would have done that in a heartbeat then. But, like – and I'd still obviously be happy if that deal happened for Russell Wilson. But it's almost like – I would hate for that to happen and lose Fant because it's like just what could be like, what could Fant be like with Russell Wilson? Like I think he might be the most, I think he is the most underutilized talent probably on this entire team. Mm -hmm. And that's including Jerry Judy. And I think he's extremely underutilized too, but getting Noah Fant and, Noah or excuse me, Russell Wilson hasn't had any like prolific tight ends and he hasn't really created any like prolific tight ends in his career. But if you have a guy like Noah Fant being targeted by Russell he Wilson. He would create one. My God, dude. My God, I would just love to see that. And would I still be happy if, if to get Russell Wilson if Fant was included in that deal? Sure. Like I I'd be stoked. I'd be happy, but I deep down a little bit a part of me would be like Man, that sucks for no fan because he's just such a waste of talent. He's he's been such a waste of talent this year, dude. And, and if he so- goes to
0: Seattle, that would continue because exactly, he would exactly. be a run first
1: team. Exactly, know? and yeah, exactly. And I was I listened to this uh, fantasy football podcast, and they touched on something yesterday, and it was like, all right are are we okay with dropping? all denver broncos receiving options in fantasy formats and they were all just like resounding yes and it's like and it's not it's hard because of the names
0: but yeah but they don't they get
1: litera- you literally can't keep them on your roster with teddy bridgewater quarterback and it just sucks you because everybody sees it I and mean, we just said media i mean fantasy football guys see it
0: hall yeah. of famers
1: Hall of fame quarterbacks see it coaches see it like gmc they everybody sees it like the broncos are a sleeping giant and they're just fucking stuck in the mud like the broncos are just a fucking big badass diesel truck with like fucking slicks on the rear tires like that's what they like right now like honestly and they're just sliding they're just spinning out in the mud and those slick tires are fucking quarterbacks dude and it's been like that for years and and coaching too, obviously, but I did see a weird kind of exchange on Twitter today with some people, and I don't think the coaching staff being gone, at least least Fangio not being gone, is quite as certain as it had been earlier in the season. Like, if the Broncos, and I don't see it happening, but if the Broncos make, like, a playoff push and, like, get a wild card spot, there's, like, some speculation that Fangio would not be out. Which is Uh, concerning so it's like root for these fucking root for these losses and george payton i would hope so dude because i think he i don't think i don't know i think he already knows right i don't know if russell wilson would want to come here be like i've seen some of the shit that this guy's been doing like right
0: and george payton knows that yeah you know thus far i i i really think george payton is a down-to-earth gm understands what's going on he's in tune with the players he, he can see the writing on the wall. That's what I feel like this guy is. And he's you, – you see him watching the football games, you know, and they pan to him and you can just see him sitting in his chair and he has this look on his face. He's just like, yeah. He's like, don't worry, Broncos fans. It's not always going to be like this. He's just – he's just – she's like that little kid in the store trying to grab a toy and he's, he knows what he's going to do or try to do. He just can't do anything yet. Yeah. Because it's the trade deadlines passed for one, and uh, it just you know you you got to write it out. And for I can't imagine a universe where George Payton is comfortable with Vic Fangio going forward, especially as making a hire like Pat Shermer.
1: I would hope so. You know, like, God, I, I hope the, so.
0: Pat Shermer is. It seems like Pat Shermer was just picked up off the street. He's never watched the NFL before, and he's told to become offensive
1: coordinator. You know, that's what it seems like. I'm not gonna even like bash Shermer too much for this past week because I think, I mean, he definitely has a hand in. Obviously, the whole season I'm
0: talking about as a whole, not just last
1: week, right? But like, there's some stuff that just needs better executed. Like, like, and it's because, and it's I don't want to bash Teddy either, but like, it's just kind of getting old. Like, Teddy is having literally the best career or the best season of his entire career, stats wise. But that's that's all you're going to get out of it. Exactly. That know? says it all right there. You're literally getting the best version of this quarterback. Mm-hmm. Teddy's a great is, dude and all. Yeah. Like I love Teddy.
0: He's but, an awesome guy. He's great. He's a good leader. You know, yeah, he, just, he just, he's not. He's like, not we it. Need, he's to not beat a, the Chiefs, you need to right.
1: Russell Wilson. That's yeah, exactly. plain and simple. Exactly. And that's why, like, oh, shit, we didn't even touch on this yet, dude. We kind of just hopped into Russ talk. <laughs> Fuck, dude. And I text you about this literally the entire game, them not taking that field goal.
0: Yeah, so like
1: fucking, I was watching the game with my right. brother, and literally throughout the entire game, it's like if they had had that field goal, this could happen right now, or they could be doing this, or this would be happening, or this They're like, and obviously that's all you know, make believe and hypothetical shit. After that, could say they hit the field goal, and something is just completely different from after that. But like, it's just, it just was fucking sickening. Like to me, you got a fourth down, you've got. I wouldn't say a lucky fourth down, but like that was a long fourth down that you probably shouldn't have converted. Good job converting that fourth got, down earlier you in the drive. Them, didn't Did you? they get two? Yeah. That... Two. So let's. Oh, it was a fourth and seven and a fourth and one, wasn't it? Yeah. I want to do,
0: do you mind if I do a quick recap of that game real fast? Cause I have a lot of stuff written down. Yeah, are we good on the Russ talk for a while?
1: We, or do you we want to kind of finish that up real quick and then move on? Okay. Just kind of patch that up. No works. Mean, any final thoughts on that?
0: Uh No. I mean, uh, let's go. Let's make yeah. it happen. You know, I, yeah. I've been wanting Russell Wilson for a while. That As soon as I found out that he was still going to be want, wanting out of Seattle, you know, yeah, that's definitely somebody you go after. And yeah, well, I'm yeah, confident yeah. George Payton's going to go after him. You know? Yeah.
1: One thing I wanted to mention, too, and we texted about this earlier, but uh, the projected current salary caps for the three teams that Russell Wilson would reportedly waive his no-trade clause for, the New York mm-hmm. Giants, their, cal- their salary cap projected for next year, and this is with the new, like the raise in the salary cap that's yeah. going to be happening. Their projected salary cap, the New York Giants, going into the next offseason, $4.5 Yeah. The New Orleans Saints, who probably, I would say, maybe have a better, obviously a better chance of the Giants, I would say a better roster. They are $59.8 they are fucking in cap purgatory, They're fucking, they've done nothing, but they went all out for Breeze to try to win one last Super Bowl, and it failed, and now they are paying the price. And the Denver Broncos will have an estimated $48.4 million going into next offseason after having paid our top two receivers and having Jerry Judy on a rookie contract and Noah offense and Bradley Chubb like, or no, Chubb got extended. But that's, I mean, that's a good thing. We extended him. Like, go get this man, George Payton. Yeah. I don't give a I shit mean, about these first-round picks. I don't give a shit about the second-rounders.
0: Yeah. Out oh, of all yeah. these teams, I mean, and then if you count if you count Philly in the mix, too, they, I mean, if you want to go off the fact that they have Jalen Hurts, that's, that's reasonable. You know, they want to see what they have in Jalen Hurts because – you know, Gardner Hertz. Minshew
1: might be better than Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know, right? Did you see him and his dad celebrating? Yeah, it was cool. That, that was like
1: that was cool as hell to me. I was like, Yeah, That's it awesome. was.
0: There he was so pumped. That was awesome. But yeah. uh
1: I wanted him yeah. in this offseason. I wanted him. The guys I wanted more than I didn't not expect Teddy Bridgewater to be our quarterback. I was like, go get go get, get Gardner Minshew or mullet here. Yeah, Gordrick Gardner. He was like my one of the guys. Hey, or Sam Darnold. I did like the idea of Sam Darnold. God, that might have been even worse than Teddy. <laughs> I know. <right. laughs> let's just uh, let's just go after Russell Wilson. I feel like that's a fair. Yeah, let's just shoot one. our shot. We'll just and if we fail at that, just settle for Aaron Rodgers. It'll be fine.
0: Settle with Aaron Rodgers or finally yeah. draft a rookie.
1: Finally draft a rookie quarterback. Finally, yeah. just do it. I like, the, I like the first two options better.
0: <laughs> do so do I? But I mean, hey, I mean. He did send a bunch of people out to that uh old miss game. Liberty Ole
1: Miss. Yep. And so, he was I mean, at CSU Nevada. Carson Strong, yeah, you know, top tier quarterback for Nevada. He was he went and swatched Pitt at North Carolina. Both yeah. guys, you know, Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett, they'll probably go first round, at least second round. So Yeah. He's definitely making his appearance, George Payton, is. his crew. So
0: righty. So quick recap of the game. So right. I'm kind of just going to go down this list real fast and, and then we can just kind of like talk about everything. So, yeah. so I'll start off with the first drive, you know, great initial run from Williams uh, before I get into the drive though. Why do they elect to receive the football? I, I, um, oh, the, uh, the Denver Broncos do not score on the first drive. Vic Fangio. The Denver Broncos do not score on the first drive, Vic Fangio. The Denver Broncos don't score on the first drive, Vic Fangio. So why in the hell? I mean, yeah, you're trying to keep Pat Mahomes off the field. I get that. But you're not good enough to just make that, ha- make that work for you in that
1: way. Defer the defer the fucking football. Defer. I, I actually the- like the decision, if I'm being honest.
0: I, I didn't because I, I don't think the Broncos are good in the first drive. And they weren't. No, and as soon as that not. happened, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to go three and out. I liked the thought of it. I liked what they were trying to do. But that is my problem with this coaching right. staff, is right. that they don't understand how to use the team that they have. And the team that they have right now as it stands – with Teddy Bridgewater's quarterback, we're not going to score on the first drive. It's only happened once yeah. this year. You know, it's, it's – yeah. especially someone against the Kansas City Chiefs. Did you see the momentum they had? You know, yeah. and that's well, an arrowhead that's, too. That's know? kind and, of
1: why I liked it because the first drive, you have – you know, you go out and script your first drive. So, I looked at it as, okay, they're riding high off the Chargers game where they – You know, performed decent on offense. They actually had a decently good offensive outing. Bridgewater wasn't horrible. You know, he did his job. Um, You can script your first drive much easier. I mean, you could have scripted getting it the second time too, but you're obviously coming in to the game with a scripted drive, and you know that Teddy Bridgewater cannot play well from behind. And it's almost like keep the ball out of – you know, let's go. This is our best chance – to score before the Chiefs is right now on the first drive. Let's go try to do it because you saw what happened. The second tap, you know, I was obviously all for not because they didn't score on the first drive and the Chiefs just marched it down their throats and scored. But I I mean, I just like the idea that I liked what they were trying to do, but I definitely see your point of like, you should know that you probably won't be doing that. But I mean, it didn't matter in the end. But. Right, I, I
0: just thought it was rich coming from a defensive head coach, and that you knew that this Kansas City Chiefs offense has not been playing as well as they have in past years. So
1: they have the, the past three weeks. That's the problem. The, the past but
0: they- the past three weeks. But like you, you had a defense that went out and just stomped out the Chargers and stomped out the Cowboys. So why wouldn't you put them out there? against Pat Mahomes and see what they can do. See if they can get you the football. See if they can at least stop a drive from Pat Mahomes and re- take away that momentum from the, from the fans. Because that stadium was crazy. I was, I, was, I was watching the game, and I was just like, God damn, Arrowhead is ridiculous uh-huh. as far as, like, the fans and all that stuff going on. And, you know, it just – I, I get where you're coming from too, Anthony. I just yeah. don't think we have the team to get it done. And uh, nor did I, can, I think we had the right. team to just right off the bat take away momentum from the defense, who has actually been playing well too late as of recently. Um, so that, I, I mean, I, that's fine. I mean, we can agree to disagree, but yep. uh, ultimately, it, I mean, it, it favor what I thought, but I get what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, great run from Williams to start it off, and Melvin Ingram absolutely blows through the line and destroys Teddy Bridgewater because the momentum, man, it was crazy. They were – that defense was pumped. It was jacked, and that's what I was right. afraid of when they elected to receive him. Like, God damn it, this defense is going to be tearing people's heads off uh, of this abysmal offense. So, okay, so, yeah, punt. Um, Travis Kelsey is a bitch. Uh, he pushes Kenny Young after Kenny Young makes a routine tackle on him. And – Travis Kelsey's just trying to start shit. He's just pushing us around like he's he knows that he's owned us for the last well, few years. That's the and, best part though. Yeah. Go and ahead and he and the Denver like and I love that Chubb got in his face after that. Yep. I mean, I wish Chubb would have just fucking lit him up. And I mean, I, he would have gotten a penalty, but I would have taken it just to light up Travis Kelsey, you know, put his ass on the ground or something like that. It's like no, this is a different team, Travis Kelsey. You know,
1: I think he knew that though. Like, end, like, because Kenny he was trying.
0: He was trying to. He yeah. was trying to draw a penalty. That's what Travis Kelsey was trying to do. But right. he just, he just, you know, he, he said in that goddamn show you watched about how what the, the woman was like a Broncos
1: fan, and he's like, oh, I am supposed to hate uh, the Broncos. You it know, was, it's, it was Mark Schlereth's daughter on his dating show.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. And
1: he's, just, he's just, a He's a fucking tool. I, yeah, yeah, and I just.
0: Uh, I would love just to see him just get absolutely well, I just, I, just fucked
1: up in I one football it because, game. You know, right? I love it because I loved what I was seeing out there, and I was pumped up too because I mean, I'm I love like that old school type of I love you know when they the refs kind of swallow the whistles and let the guys chat and get each other's face as long as it doesn't get too crazy. And even then, I I don't mind seeing fights every now and then. So, but yeah i I saw that when he obviously kelsey pushed kenny young and kenny Young was right there fucking in his face john adam chubb came up and defended his guy and like it was almost like no we're not here to be fucking pushed around like yeah. this, this did not happen anymore and the offense their offense did not push the broncos defense around like no. bottom line bottom fucking line no matter what that scoreboard said they gave up 16 points to well the the, the offense Chiefs. only scored once Exactly, and it was Pat Mahomes oh, right. because
0: Patrick was, right because PS two didn't want to fuck up Patrick Mahomes for some Dude, reason.
1: We'll get into that here too. Yeah, but, uh, so um yeah, keep, yeah, let's keep rolling. Okay, yeah. So
0: and then another time is that he, I don't care what anyone says, he purposely collided with that with Kyle Fuller in the midfield. You know, he was looking for it. He was head hunting, just trying to fuck someone up, and he um, drew that offensive good. pass interference. Yeah, you know, yeah, yep. You know, but. Uh, that's what bothered me with Travis Kelsey. And that, like I said, that was anger writing. So uh, mm-hmm. we had the two high safety look that a lot of teams have been given the Kansas City Chiefs, which, I mean, helps in the deep rung. But uh, Tyreek Hill was unaccounted for for throwing short route, inside routes for a, a good part of that drive. And that was, it was so concerning because I'm just like, how, why in the world is Tyreek Hill not accounted for it at all?
1: I mean, yeah, point, I remember Kenny texting Young's,
0: you. Uh, yeah, I remember young covered him. In the you. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, the deep threat, bring a safety up, take control of Tyreek Hill, and then if Tyreek Hill breaks out, you have another safety up top to help you yeah. out. He should be him and Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, should be the most accounted for players on that receiving core. Right. Bottom line. Yeah. And I know you said you they have other players that can beat well, got, deep, but deep. Like, they got
1: speed, but, yeah. But, they, like, they you know, we down. have
0: good enough secondary to handle that. But, yeah, like, yeah. Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey should 100% be accounted for at all times, no matter what. And there was a point in that game where Tyree Hill was not accounted for. I'm just like, come on, guys. Why do you have Kenny Young lining up against Tyree Hill?
1: Well, I think it's just – you know it's more just, than anything they just the broncos were outcoached. Andy Reid is a far far superior yes, coach. Yes, exactly. He's a far superior coach. The Vic, to Vic Fangio's Fangio. a
0: defensive mastermind.
1: I, he's fucking not though. He, but he's been in the league for a long time. I get man, I with, get that, you know, but, I understand that, but I'm just so sick of hearing that. Like he, Vic Fangio he's he's Well, the, it's the, not he, a, see,
0: it's not an excuse for him. I'm just saying it's right. like he should have he should be on the same level as Andy Reid as far but he's as knowledge not. and experience. But he's, he's not. No, he's not. He's not. Andy and that's Reid just, is just out difference.
1: of this world head coach. you know? Right, right. And, but as and far as play caller. You know. Hey, I'll, I'll just say this. How, for how many years has Eric bien been a hot head coach commodity? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And why is he not a head coach? Because I don't he, know. Because he cannot take Andy Reid with him. That is exactly why he's not a yeah. head coach. He can't take Andy Reid and he can't take Patrick Mahomes with him. That's why he's right. going to stay there. That's why fucking. That's fair. That is why. <laughs> that is why Josh McDaniels is still a Patriot after going and fucking up Broncos for a while. Which we thank you for that because that led us to Peyton Manning. But no. that's for another podcast. But <laughs> that's that's kind of what I got from the first drive the, for the first uh, Chiefs offensive drive. Is just like I was just watching it. Like Andy Reid saw something on our defense
0: and, and, exploited he, and it. and he
1: knew yeah. how to exploit it and he did it perfectly. But it, they didn't do it again you know which was nice to see and yeah as as good as Tyreek Hill looks on that first drive he only caught two passes I think like oh yeah he dropped one right and yeah right so
0: but it's those little things that killed us you know and Andy Reid's good for that and then you know Patrick Sertan not tackling Mahomes is dude it, it, it bothered me so much and it still bothers me i'm like yeah i get having a respect for a quarterback Fuck i understand that. but yes i was getting that so but yeah. <laughs> he you had you you had so much time to stop it wasn't even it would not he was a running quarterback or if he's a running quarterback you fucking light
1: him up if his face as mask if he was a running is running right if his
0: face exactly. mask is over the
1: fucking goal line you're still putting your shoulder into his gut yes
0: you should have lit his ass up, and Pat Mahomes would have got up and be like, "Hey, good tackle, Rook." You know, because Pat he, Mahomes no, is the type have. of guy. He would have
1: thrown up. his fucking hands up, and and Kelsey would have run over. You think and, so? And, oh, Pat Mahomes. Fuck, yeah, yeah. I don't any any quarterback would. The only quarterback that I've ever seen know. get their ass knocked I have more faith out than Pat Mahomes. Than that, I don't. Any, I don't. I, the the only quarterback I've ever seen get absolutely lit up and stand up and fucking say, "Man, good hit," was Andrew Luck. I've never seen <laughs> anybody else. Nobody wants to get fucking <laughs> hit because it, w- it would have been bang bang like it would have been like it would well been- who, g- who gives a shit you know you right.
0: should have lit him up and kelsey would have come over and Cheb would have fucking lit your ass
1: up right there you go I, I it bugged the shit of me when i saw it too and i was yelling at my tv like dude like i said if that your if he's like take he's gonna score he's already scored take the fucking 15 yards they're kicking it out of the end zone anyways like, yeah, we'll send a message at least. Yeah, send a message. Be like, like go exactly. Go ahead and run it. again. That is, dude. You're gonna have right,
0: Kareem Jackson next time.
1: When you said that, when you said that, dude, just a shot of one play just shot through my fucking brain. And it, it was the last, or not the last, but one of the all time great Denver Broncos cornerbacks. And it was only a few years, no, fuck, not only a few years ago. It's been six years now in Super Bowl 50. When Akib Tlaib grabbed the fucking Panthers receiver by mm. the face mask and threw him out of bounds. And yeah, you obviously know what play I'm talking about. Yeah. Have you ever heard, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but I just want to say this. Have you ever heard uh, TJ Ward explain that play? Like what happened after that play? Uh-uh. No, I have not. Dude. I've re- I've looked. I don't know where mm. I watched it, but I've like searched and I can't find it. But TJ Ward, because... They the Chiefs were or the, excuse me the Panthers were obviously going to score on that drive like it was on the one yard line. Tla- Tlaib got beat a little bit and he just grabbed him by the I think it was uh, Ted Ginn grabbed him by the fucking face mess and just launches it out of bounds, an obvious fucking penalty. And that was after earlier in the drive like him like getting into it with some guys on the Panthers sideline. I mean we all love to Tlaib, but yeah T J, T. J. Ward tells us told the story he runs up to. Talib, after he threw Deen out with the face mask, was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You're gonna get us in trouble." And he and Talib looks at him and yells at him, "Man, I'm out here setting a tone. I'm out here trying to set a fucking tone." And did it not set a fucking tone for that <laughs> whole game? Like that's what I want out of our defensive players. And that was Pat PS2's. I mean, we can't knock on it too much because he's been obviously great this season. But hey, that's he's still so rookie too. that but is, that, that is you know. the shit that I want to see because. Doomerville had no problem fucking flattening in Tom Brady. Fucking Von Miller had no, no problem grabbing Phillip Rivers by the fucking jersey and getting in his face. Like, do that yeah. kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, you're, I, I know you're with me on that. But, yeah, put your fucking, if, at the very least, shove his ass. Like, don't let this guy just fucking walk into the end zone. And that's what it was. He wasn't diving. He knew. Because he's fucking Patrick Mahomes and he's the next fucking hot shit. I mean, he is the hot shit, but he's the, you know, the next goat. I'll just walk in here. I'm not going to get fucking touched. Yeah. Light his ass up. And I actually wrote that down too, because I was just furious. Like, love you, PS2, (laughs) but dude, come on. Shake his fucking hand after the game. Right. Shake his hand after the game.
0: Or don't. He plays for the fucking Chiefs. Fuck him.
1: You know what I mean? Like you said, that
0: old school mindset. Yep. They play for the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. Fuck them.
1: And you ain't going home and fucking hanging out with Mahomes or anybody that knows Mahomes, dude. Like, exactly. You got to go back and face your guys in your locker room. Right. Just nobody's saying hurt anybody, but fucking make a just make a play right there. Or not, even if he's going to score, at least look like you're going to do something. Don't just take that right. weak ass block and just, oh, yep, he's scoring. I can't do anything about it. Come on. <sighs> right. All right.
0: So moving on so we get into the second quarter and we had an abysmal intentional grounding on a screenplay i don't know what the fuck teddy bridgewater was doing on that but there's three times in that football game where teddy bridgewater was getting pressured and he fucking runs backwards and he's done that every he's done that a lot of times this year and it's so fucking it bothered me it bothers me so much it's just been this annoying prick in my back every time he just runs backwards i'm like dude how are you not fast enough to get around the edge of these fat defensive linemen
1: yeah <laughs> even on your like, first NFL down run it was like it was like peyton running out there it's like jesus well, still Christ. though like
0: you're come on i'd like to believe you're at least some athletic to be able to turn the corner on a defensive end oh that's what i'm that's saying trying it. to, it's just you know, slow it's just like, shit out there yeah you know i'm just like Come on, man. Like, why do you, why are you running backwards? That shit bothers me so much. And it's cost us a few times in the season. And it just
1: taking us out of field goal uh, range. But a few then this times, fucking
0: yeah. intentional grounding on a screenplay, it's like, come on, man. Javante, I understand Javante Williams is tied up a little bit. Fucking 100 mile an hour Brett Favre that shit into the fucking ground 10 yards down the field near Javante Williams.
1: Yeah. Throw it at come the on. sticks. Throw it at the sticks. Yeah. No shit.
0: Like, <laughs> Make it obvious that you're you're throwing in the area of Javonte Williams, but you're getting rid of the football. Don't just fucking dink and dunk the football five yards and be like, what, that wasn't an intentional grounding? Yes, it was. Come on, man. So that bothered me. And then, dude, the special teams. I don't even know what to say about the special teams anymore, man. But they are just total and complete Brena dog shit. That's what they are. Yeah. When you you drive past the Parina dog plant, dog chow plant in Commerce City, that smells better than our fucking special teams unit.
1: They're ridiculous. It's like it's fucking sickening.
0: And uh, they had the the field goal was almost blocked. Our first field goal. I don't know fucking how. It's like they had a – they were running a screenplay on a special teams play, and they let all the defensive linemen blow through them.
1: Yeah. I And
0: it, I don't know. I didn't understand that. that wasn't how wasn't blocked is was a miracle. Yeah, Brandon McManus is a goddamn genius. Yeah, cuz I don't know how that wasn't blocked. But anyways, um you know, on a good note, we have another scepter in Denver, another angry run scepter, uh, Dude, Michael Boone and Quinn Miners. Yeah. That Unbelievable! That was beautiful, and the future is bright for Quinn Miners. Dude, and why yeah. the fuck we haven't used Michael Boone more this year is beyond me. I know he was injured for a bit, but
1: I just don't think he, there's. I just don't think there's carries for him, honestly.
0: Well, I mean, I'd rather. I know see what you're Michael, saying,
1: but Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams out there than him, honestly. I don't know. With what <laughs> I
0: saw with Michael Boone this last game, that dude can run.
1: He can. <laughs> He's. I mean, he's he was good. He's, I like the sign.
0: Yeah, or at least put him somewhere else where he can produce on this team. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think but, that,
1: to me that looked like fresh legs versus guys that have been playing for twelve <laughs> weeks. Honestly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, use him this week.
1: You don't need yeah. having
0: Gordon back this week, so use him this week. Um, save him for the next week. Um, Javante Williams can catch man. He's another uh, Christian McCaffrey out there. (laughs) Oh come on! Uh, I mean, (laughs) what? You don't think he's (laughs) obviously he's not Christian McCaffrey. I love I love Javante Williams, but but we gotta take a step back. We still got a few years, but (laughs) that was a joke. But anyways, uh, I wasn't sure what you were getting at for a second there, but uh, um, he can catch. You know, he had seventy nine receiving yards this game, and what was a hundred and. 20 rushing yards. 100, and 102
1: rushing. 100, 102. Okay. 102 rushing and 78. 78. 76 receiving. Yeah. On nine targets. Yeah. Let's see. I mean. Right there.
0: It just it, we we've been huge Devontae Williams fan, fanboys this whole year on this podcast. And it's he he's helping his case every week. Yeah. You know, he's awesome. He's he's definitely prolific and he's leading the league and break tackle still and yards after tackle and like just all these crazy stats. He's still leading the league and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. That notorious 20 play 80 yard drive, which ended up being nothing, which alludes to the, uh, you know, the field goal talk you had earlier and you were texting me about and you were right. I mean, The tides might have changed if we just ended up taking the points where we could have and um, going from there. But it also like that also like supports your argument of Vic Fangio being aggressive in the beginning, though, by electing to receive the football.
1: Yeah, but he had that mindset.
0: But he's not. I mean, Vic Fangio is not good at adjusting. He hasn't. He right. hasn't. Been. So if he has that mindset going into the game, he's going to carry that mindset. I don't
1: necessarily game. think he was trying to be aggressive in the game. I think he's just like, we literally cannot get behind here. We cannot get, let them go down and score the opening drive. And the best, you know, the best chance we have is to just hope we fucking score on our opening drive and let Teddy kind of coast. Like, I don't know if it was like, yeah, we're going to go out there and score and stick it to him. Like, I don't think it was anything like that. And I mean, at least in my opinion, but well, I, I didn't think goal, he was going to stick it to him. You cannot come out. You cannot take that that great of a drive and you cannot come out empty handed. And that was my mindset right there. And when they came out for it, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, do not go for this. Right now, <clears throat> take the points. Keep this. A, just take points because you either score. I mean, like, I looked at it this way if you get, if you convert. Yeah, that's a big blow. That's a big blow. But you maybe still don't score a touchdown. Chance you don't score a touchdown. But you could literally take points away, and it almost like probably it would cool. It would hush the stadium a little bit. You know, you you know, slow down the Chiefs. You know, they just gave up some points on a great drive, but no, they forgot about that long drive that they got the ball throw, run down their throat on because they got a stop. In the red zone, and momentum shifted completely. And I knew right at that play that the fucking game was over. Right then and there, I knew. I told my brother that was watching the game with me. This game was just lost right there. It's, it's just like you take the points there because late into that game, late into that game, if they take three points there, and take I think it was three points later on in the game too, it it was it was a one score game late into that game, and we we wouldn't have been sitting here fucking snoozing in the end of the third quarter. I was just like, I'm still fired, pissed off about that. That's the thing I was most pissed off about. Is just like, and I'm usually one to like, yeah, let's go for it. You know, I'm always one to, I'd rather go for it and, you know, try to change momentum. But in that situation, in that stadium against that team and that quarterback and that head coach take points. That's just my opinion.
0: I, I, I feel you. Um, I mean, I do think Vic Fangio was being aggressive in that game. Not in the sense that he was trying to stick it to the Kansas City Chiefs, because we don't have no we don't have any room to stick it to the Kansas City Chiefs because they stuck it to us the past five years. Um, but I I think he had the mindset of I want to win this game, and I know it's going to be by uh, we're going to have to score points, and it's not field goals. And he said it before; he's like field goals aren't going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And he and said, I, get I think he that. said it at halftime, I think. And that was his argument for not taking the field goal was field goals aren't going to beat the Kansas city chiefs. But, yeah. um, so he had, but- he had that mindset going into the game by electing to receive. And then he went for fourth down twice and, you know, ultimately ended up coming up short, but you know, he was, he was trying to get in the end zone. He was trying Second to get in the end from, zone.
1: Yeah. That's my favorite from halftime when he said, oh, field goals aren't going to beat the Chiefs. We need to score points. Well, you didn't score any fucking points in that drive. But you could have scored three and kept momentum right. somewhat so, on your side.
0: And that's that's the part of adjusting that we've had a problem with with Vic Fangio is that, yes, we completely understand that right. you have to score touchdowns to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They were only up by a touchdown going into half, you know. They were only up by a touchdown. Yep. You, you clearly – there was something about this game – your defense had something going on to where this Kansas city chiefs, they aren't, they're not the normal ones that we've seen in the past five years. And they're, they're sort of been shut. A good coach would have saw that and been like, okay, take the points here. We're going to come back you know, this game. Yeah, so we're going to do it still again. Good. We're still good. We're going to keep doing this. You know, I know what I said before the game, but Hey, I have a different feeling and we're going to roll with it. That's what a good coach does, you know, and yeah, yeah, we still might've come out short, you know, like, you know, the, the wings of a butterfly creates a tidal wave in somewhere else. I get that. So that's not assuming we took that field goal. That doesn't mean the chiefs wouldn't have, you know, had some weird gravitational pull where they scored the next drive on a touchdown because of the tides, Mm -hmm. but assuming things take constant. Yeah. That game would have been, a touchdown game for a long time, a touchdown game for a long time. Yep. And then when they got that field goal, we could have had the chance to tie it up. And then Teddy Bridgewater might've not thrown that interception because he was trying to force something to try to get back in the game when he was, they were down 16 to three. With the pick so, six, not the pick six, the first one in the third quarter. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, it's, you, I I'm with you. I think we should have taken the points. I just don't think Vic Fangio was on that page, and it clearly wasn't at halftime when he said field goals aren't going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But and I mean, dude, at the same time, though, like scoring nothing's not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs either. Right. So at least at least try to do something. You know what I mean? You know,
1: it's yeah, it's one of those things you're going to focus on being aggressive now, now because you're back against, against the wall, wall and you your ass on the on the hot seat. seat. Right. You're going to get fired at the end of the season. Like you should uh-huh. have been doing this shit for three years, right? So don't start now. It was too late. Okay. So
0: another problem that I had is that the two wide receivers that we extended for deals only got three targets combined. And that just, that just, that just, that just just goes into the fact that, you know, we've talked about this with Teddy Bridgewater in the past and we've talked about it with the play calling in the past too. It's just, we have all this talent. We just don't use it. And I don't think Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy to, you know, allow that talent to come forth and show its face, you know. And I mean, you know, got... you have somebody, you have somebody like Russell Wilson or something like that. These wide receivers are going to be, they're going to be the number like top ten wide receivers to draft in any NFL fantasy football league. <laughs> you know it's what I just, mean? It's,
1: it's just ridiculous because they did get six. They total so Sutton got six targets. Patrick got five targets. Uh, so that's either play so design.
0: three catches, three catches, three catches? Total. Sutton caught. Two. Yeah, three catches. Okay,
1: but it's one of those things like something's not right there when those kind of those high level players are getting that many targets. So you kind of kind of start thinking: Is it their fault? Are they dropping passes? Are they, which I, you know they're not known for dropping. Now that of course they do. Every receiver does, but why is why are they catching? I mean, why is Sutton, or excuse me, Patrick catching 20% of his targets? Why, was, why did Sutton catch only 33% of his targets? Like, Were the Chiefs defenders that good? No, maybe a little bit of that, but like, no, it's fucking quarterback. He's not putting the ball where it needs to be. Fucking, fucking Jerry Judy, like just fucking Jerry Judy and Fant just like need whole sections of the playbook designed to get them the ball. You know what Jerry Judy, his average yards per reception was? Almost 20 yards per per catch this game, which it doesn't seem like that thinking back, but he was four for 77. 19.3 yards a catch. Get the fucking guy the ball. Run a screenplay with him. Do quick slant. Like, get him the fucking ball in open space and let him work. It's just ridiculous. This is – this this – Shermer, Bridgewater—they are just wasting, just fucking wasting this great, great talent. And it's just—it's just hard to watch. It's starting to get just hard to watch because the defense is playing so great too, which is not out of the normal for the last half a decade. It just sucks, dude. It's just same old shit. It's just the same old shit, and that's why I just was not confident that they could do it because they didn't show me enough. Against the Chargers to say, yeah, they'll go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. Right. I mean, you have
0: you you were right, and I, I guess I saw something. I guess I had some
1: orange and blue glasses on. I mean, there was. I mean, you were not. You're not the only one. I talked to t- plenty of people that were like, I I think the Broncos gonna beat their ass. Oh, and damn, I see, Tony Dungy
0: picked the Broncos.
1: Yeah, and I could see where people, and I could see why people thought that too. Like, I'm not. I hope you didn't take it as like. Oh, I don't know no That's no no, no, I like, no I think that I could see why and I wanted to believe it too but I looked at like I almost like look at le- like compare the teams like okay whose head coach am I taking this week well, I ain't taking fucking Fangio over over Andy Reid which quarterback am I taking defense am I- like I kind of like lay it out like that and it's like I just do not fucking see the Broncos winning this game I just couldn't do it yeah, eh, I mean, you were right.
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty much everything. I, I this is is kind of bringing down the mood here talking about this Chiefs <laughs> game, but that's pretty much the big things I wanted to point out from the game. And you know, and it's it is Wednesday, and this game happened you know three three nights ago. Um, it sucks, but hey, we're still six and six, and. Something could happen, you know. I'm it's I'm just in this I'll be level with you. I'm just in this weird, you know, in-between area where of course I want to see the Broncos make the wild card. But I also just want this fucking season to be over with at this point. I just I, I want this season to be over with. I want to see this off season and how it plays out for the Broncos. I really do. I'm yeah. ready for that, and I'm I I, I'm, so. I'm tired of playing this game, this emotional roller coaster, this season of this, the high high wins and then the low fucking losses that just break you, that just absolutely break you on the inside as a fan. And like I haven't been, it's it's funny because I have not been as excited for a football game when we play the Chiefs on Sunday night in a long time. Yeah. Like I had the day off. So I had, I took vacation because Jessica had a ton of photo shoots cause I don't normally have weekends off. Um, I took vacation this weekend and I hung out at home, hung out with the kids while Jessica did all of her photo shoots cause she had a ton scheduled. So hung out with the kiddos and all Sunday, you know, I was, you know, doing my old ritual that I used to do back in 2015, you know, that I kind of pulled away from. And, uh, all the superstitions that go along with it. And <laughs> I was excited and watching. And I watched the Raiders lose. Uh, I watched the Chargers and the Bengals game too. And that one, in turn, that one didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but, um, you know, I was just excited. I was looking forward to the Sunday night matchup with the Broncos being featured as one of the teams. And I felt good. I felt like this was the game that we were finally going to beat the Chiefs. I had, I had the smoker going. I smoked up some sirloin steaks, you know, cooked them up. Um, had, I bought one of those, uh, the you know, the Breckenridge Christmas ale kegs. Mm. Have you seen those? I bought one of those at Costco oh, yeah. and uh, was drinking out of uh, my uh, Threat Lama Stein. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just a good time, man. I was. Vibing, having a good time, watching the sunny night, watching national media cover the Broncos, talking about yeah, dude. seeing Chris Collinsworth talk up Javante Williams and you know talking up Pat Sertan. Like I was like, oh man, like this is awesome. I'm really digging this right now. I really hope the Broncos don't let me down. At the, the same time that I've never been more excited, I think I was, and I've been pretty pissed off in this few past games in the season this one takes the cake. Oh, and I I am <laughs> I am so thankful Carson was around cuz I don't I don't tr- I try not to get that way in front of the kiddos.
1: And I do a pretty yeah.
0: good job at it. And
1: I'm still uh, working at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't make you a bad father, you know, but um it makes you a horrible
1: father, Anthony.
0: And I hope you know, know. Well. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Um, my dad, my dad's the worst then. Cause I, I still deal with the same stuff that he, I've been doing it for 27 yeah. years.
0: <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I was uh, specifically when, when they uh, Daniel Sorensen pick up that tipped ball and talk about ran it all the shit. way back and uh, did a Madden celebration in the end zone. I, I wanted to just yell and cry at the same time. And I looked over at Carson and I was like, hey buddy, Daddy really needs a hug right now. And he came up and he hugged me. And I was fine after that. But yeah. man, I was so upset. It was and yeah. It, it was like- I was I remember you and I were texting like all caps and shit. Like we were just trying to just be super pissed over text and
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it's just funny, like <laughs> it's funny how you bring that up, like just because like we're both in you know have young kids and i know back when i was before i mean right around the time my wife and i met and started dating like and and just before that like every sunday was me and my boys like we're meeting at somebody's apartment and we're gonna get drunk and watch football literally from 11 until nine o'clock at night like every game. obviously broncos were, were being watched because you know that's our team and we would just get wild and it, it just didn't matter. Like when they're sucking, we're sitting there pissed off and cussing and acting stupid. And when they're winning, we're happy and cussing and acting stupid, you know? So just, I, I just, thought, I just enjoyed the story there because I literally went through almost the exact same day. You did. My wife worked from like 9am to seven that night <laughs> and she works from home, but like she was at, in her office, in her office on her, uh, Computer, so it was just me and the boys. Like, I was dealing with bottles all day, you know. Mm-hmm. Food. I'm trying to like yep. plan my my dinner too because I was like, oh, it's a big game tonight. Like, this is the biggest Broncos game in five years. Like, <laughs> right. I'm, like I'm gonna smoke up some. I almost smoked up. I actually have sirloins in my freezer. I almost smoked, mm-hmm. but it's windy as hell <laughs> at my house, and I was like, my smoker is not gonna keep hot. Huh? So I ended up making like a big ass nacho platter and. Yeah, it was cool as hell. My brother and my mom came over and watched the game and stuff. And it's just, you almost like took me back to like those day, those you know those glory days of Peyton-led Broncos. Like you just look for, you look so you look forward to every game so much more when they mean something. Obviously, mm-hmm. as a Broncos fan and as big of Broncos fans as you and I are, we're gonna watch every game, mm-hmm. no matter how bad they are. But it just felt good to just be like, oh, this game fucking means something. Like, if we win this (laughs) game, it's first in the division. And we're not, like, projected to get beat that bad. Like, there's, like, some people thinking that we could win. Like, here in Denver, we obviously think we could win. But, like, some outside people, too. Like, this is going to be, like, legit. And it's prime time. Like, and then it just let down. But we're there. Like, that this week, I mean, this game seeing them on prime time, seeing Tony Dungy, legendary coach, pick them, like seeing the defense perform the way they did, knowing the kind of talent we have on offense outside of quarterback, unfortunately. It's like, it gives you hope that like, I don't know for me. And I said it early in this podcast, it's, I've, it's never felt closer. Like it has not felt closer in the last five years as it does right at this moment. And it could be because a Hall of Fame quarterback just, you know, news broke that he would wave. He could possibly tra- waive his no trade clause to be traded here. But it's more than that. This team is being built the right way. We have literally talented, you know, almost star level players all over the field, like on every level, on offense and defense. So, I don't know, man. That's kind of what I took out of this game after I got through with being pissed. And I don't get too pissed off at the games anymore like I did when I was younger. And I mean, you know, the kids help with that, but they do. I, you know, I wasn't as pissed off and I wasn't as pissed off after the game, but it just I kind of like stepped back like that, that later that night and the next morning like we're fucking close. Like these games are are going to be a toss-up soon. It was before you were getting projected to get your ass beat in the last few years you're just you know you're gonna get your ass beat by the chiefs to like hey, we might actually win this game, and not like there's no false hope there like we there's literally there's literally a chance that we could win this game, and it's not like a one out of ten chance like we might go if we played them ten times with that same team and that same night, like we might split the series, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it just felt good like to like after that game, I like almost like talked my way out of the deep end like nah it's good <laughs> it's it's good it is good we're getting there we're really close we're closer than ever before and I think one thing that gives me even more hope is that I know you believe it I obviously believe it like we have the leader that I think we've been needing all this time in George Payton to mm-hmm. make this thing happen to make this thing well, happen
0: there's a reason why he's been number one GM prospect for a while, so yep, it's not just because somebody pulled it out of his. Head. Oh, who's going to be the number one GM hey. prospect this year?
1: And there's a reason you know? he waited for the perfect job, and there's yeah. a reason he chose Denver. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, dude. He
0: saw something that others didn't. Yep, he sees something. I mean, how how is that not not the case? Like he yeah. sees something with this team, and. He's making it better. He's already made it better. And I really feel like he's going to fucking bring out the cake this offseason and let Broncos fans feast. He's going to do it. I feel like this is going to happen. I I feel it. And when it does, it's going to be rejoice in Denver. And we're finally going to be... At least for four years, four or five years, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with again, like it should be. Yeah, no more of this boring ass football in Denver, Colorado. That's not that's not the type of that's not what we're about here in Mile High. We're not about this boring ass, you know, dumb ass football style of play. We're not about it. Yeah. And this, this is a, George Bates going to hone in on that. So this they is had a Broncos state. state. You know, and I, state. I love the Avalanche. I love the Nuggets. I, uh the rockies <laughs> um uh yes i love the rockies but god they break my heart but anyways um the broncos are this is their this is their state yeah so this is their region exactly so good thing you're right i mean you're absolutely right anthony and yeah hey, i'm glad i've had a few days before we did another podcast and uh Cause I was really, I was an upset Bubba's that's for sure. (laughs) I remember my uh, my, my brother-in-law, what's up? Oh, my brother-in-law Jordan called me uh, as I had school on Monday and he called me on uh, my way home from school. And he's just like, Hey man, how you doing? And I was like, well, I was doing good until you brought it up. (laughs) And then I just kind of laid into, not laid into him, but like just laid into him about the Broncos. Like, You know Travis Kelsey this, Travis Kelsey that. You know Patrick Sertan this. You know Fig Fangio that.
1: You know it. Just like you did here, just a lot more,
0: a lot more professional here. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. We had a one day. It would have been a good one to do it on. Maybe it would have been a good one this past game, but like just like Sunday night podcast, like immediate (laughs) reaction, quick reaction. reaction, yeah, quick reaction, no filter, just like.
0: No, I but, think that'd be great. It'd have to, to be after a loss though have, to really
1: get our true yeah. feelings
0: out. I mean, obviously we have like, you know, kids and work and all that stuff, but
1: right, I would right. love to
0: do that. You know, like on Sundays, I usually, I'm usually home by like 6.30 when I get home from work. And mm-hmm. you now I, uh, usually I, Sundays, nothing's going on where I work. So I usually get a chance to watch the game and stuff. And, you know, I've been able to this whole season, but, uh, um, yeah. Then I get home and I think that would be great to do a yeah, podcast cool. right after just an immediate reaction, hip fire from the hip, you know, really get those raw emotions out. And then we do another one and then we kind of just look back and say, huh? Okay. I understand yeah. the way I felt. However, <laughs> this is my new I had an epiphany.
1: Yeah, I'm grown. I'm, I'm grown and more mature than I was a couple of days ago. Exactly. Yeah. But uh,
0: I mean, is there really anything to be said about this Lion games? They play tough. We should win. Dan Campbell can rally the troops and make somebody want to punch them in their faces, according to Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Um. They're the Lions. Yeah. You're at home. For for the love of God, beat the Lions! Come on, right. it should be it should be another Giants, Jaguars, Jets kind of game. However, exactly. I think the Lions play extremely hard. I do have a respect for the Lions and how hard they play.
1: Yeah, they exactly. did just beat the
0: Vikings. The Vikings, you know,
1: they're a good decent team. team.
0: Like, yeah. yeah, decent. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah, but that's division opponent. There's no reason the Lions should come into Denver and beat us. No, there's There's not. I don't. I don't think
1: it's going to happen.
0: I don't think so either.
1: So what the what the Lions lack in talent, they make up for in heart. I'll give them that because like the games I've watched this year, you never see them look defeated. They literally were winless before this last week, and they they never look defeated. They look like they were trying their all, and I think Dan Campbell like. He said some crazy shit since he's taken over his head coaching job. (laughs) But, dude, like, that's almost like the stuff that, like, coaches, like, advise, like, their other coaches not to say. Oh, it's not professional, not this. But look at the – I mean, I know it hasn't resulted in wins, but, like, I look at the Lions when they're playing. It's like everybody wants to be there, and they want to play, and they want to win for that coach. And I can respect the hell out of that because, Mm -hmm. you know, just – you know, the past couple coaches for the Broncos have gone, and especially the Vance Joseph era. My God, like it was just fucking horrendous. But so I have a lot of respect for the Lions. We'll see how, if they get DeAndre Swift back. I think DeAndre Swift is one of the most exciting <laughs> all of football. And he's been dealing with an injury, which hasn't been helping my fantasy football team, but uh, <laughs> he's, uh, I think he's still questionable to play but even without him they got Jamal Williams who's a very underrated running back. They got a little bit of talent here. Not so much on the defensive side of the ball but you know a little bit on the offense. They have a great tight end. They have no offense running mate at Iowa and college TJ Hawkinson and yeah. All having said all that if they they, they should the Broncos should win this game like very handily. Yeah.
0: I mean you're absolutely right but that isn't no way, in shape or form, do we think the Lions are going to win this game. No, just, I'll tell you what, Anthony. If the Lions win this game, I don't know. I'll think of something. It's going to be something <laughs> ridiculous. But, um, yeah. but I mean, you probably, I probably shouldn't say that because whenever I say something, it doesn't fucking happen. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Lions are going to win this game.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that, dude. You've been, we've been. <laughs> You know, touching some weird, you know, some different know. stuff on this podcast where you're like guaranteeing some stuff, and I'm just like, I know. that's why I try not to guarantee stuff because they'd always bite me in the ass too. <laughs> hey, it
0: makes it exciting though. Hey, and I'll eat crow all day. And you know what? Fuck that. The Broncos are going to beat the Lions. Yeah, I, I, they're going to beat them. If, are you, know, you going to guarantee this, Anthony? Or can you guarantee that the
1: Broncos are going to beat the Lions? I guarantee they fucking better because I just thought about this. I just thought about this They literally The Lions screwed me This past weekend Big time And maybe they didn't Screw me as much As the Vikings did But You know I've been struggling On my BetMGM account I was looking at The different games I was going to do A one game parlay Just pick some different Stats and stuff to happen And I just I just settled on The Vikings And The Lions game And I said Oh yeah Kirk Cousins Will probably win Or throw two touchdown passes Mm -hmm. So there's the first leg of my parlay parlay. that happened. You know, Justin Jefferson, great young receiver. Oh, God. He'll probably probably get over 65 yards receiving. That's the (laughs) second leg of my parlay. That happened. Alexander Madison, backup, running back for the Vikings, but super talented. He'll probably have over 50 yards rushing. Put that on the third leg. Boom. That happened. I was like, I need one more, you know, one more. Thing to have happen in this game, like the last fucking like twenty dollars I had in my MGM account, I'll fucking hit pretty decent. Well, what's the thing that will just, yeah, what's going to happen for sure this game? Oh, the Vikings are going to fucking win. Okay, yeah, we'll pick them money line Vikings <laughs> on the last goddamn play. I watched that game. I turned, I tuned into that game to watch the ending because. I saw all my other legs of that parlay hit and I was like, Okay, fuck yeah, all right, let's, let's watch let's tune into this and see how this is gonna go. And I was just it was one of those things like wasn't even mad. Wasn't even mad afterwards. It was like, like I hey,
0: probably should stop gambling.
1: If if you <laughs> if you know anybody out there, know anybody out there that loves a sports team, they can pay me to bet on them or excuse me, bet against them in order for them to win that is my fucking luck with this goddamn betting <laughs> shit and i'm not joking dude i work worked with a red sox fan god i hate the red sox mm-hmm. when they made it to the playoffs i told him because he was talking all this shit i told him i said i'm gonna throw money right now my own money on the red sox winning the world series right now and he's like don't fucking do that because i know what happens so i did it you see what the Red Sox, they didn't win no goddamn World Series. That is my luck right there. So That's a, <laughs> that's a superpower.
0: So why yeah. didn't you throw money on the Chiefs? Why are you holding
1: back? I didn't throw money on the Chiefs, but <laughs> I did pick them in my weekly pick them at work, if that matters. No,
0: it has to be
1: real money, jam. huh? Real money, yeah. yes. My wife is going to be pissed. I'm just going to be betting <laughs> a lot of money on Every Broncos opponent. It's,
0: it's for the Broncos.
1: <laughs> I think she would understand. Pro- she might understand, but she wouldn't give a damn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but Broncos, yeah. go get some re- re- some revenge for me this week. Re- beat the shit out of the Lions.
0: Uh, twenty four ten Broncos.
1: Twenty four ten. That's my score. Okay, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get crazy. I'm gonna. I think the Broncos are gonna flirt with a shutout. I don't think yeah. uh, I don't think the uh that That's the why um, I said two- ten field goal and a touchdown. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I wanna say uh twenty six to six. Okay. That's good. I like yeah, it. I th- because the Broncos just but hey, if for they some have Swift reason, back, you know. Well, I don't think he's gonna be back. That's the big thing. I don't think he's gonna be back. Yeah. I think they're gonna let him rest. There's no reason to rush a, a young, you know, he's a cornerstone of that franchise. Not gonna rush him back. But they still got Jamal Williams, who's good, but like he's just not special like Swift is. So the Broncos yeah. have actually been been doing really decent against tight ends this year. You know, Bar- yeah. thank you, Baron Browning and Kenny Young, right and. That's literally like only big weapon on that offense outside of an injured DeAndre Swift now, TJ Hawkinson. So I think they'll be handle this, man. I think what they have, Jared
0: Goff. What are you talking about,
1: Jared Fucking Goff? My <laughs> lord, yeah. Congrats, Jared Goff, on your first victory after since you know without Sean McVay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's your that's your that's your career now, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. Ugh. Cool. I like it.
0: Love it. I like I said before the uh, Broncos should win this game. Um, this game, I mean it's it, it holds emphasis in the sense that if you win it you're 7 and 6 and you still quote have a shot at the AFC West. Um but after that it gets it's it's rough. You know, yeah, the Bengals, gets heavy. the Chargers, the Raiders and then the Chiefs again. Um so you go out there and play this game and see it as a momentum builder you know and yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much all i have to say about this i'm with you man
1: <laughs> i'm with you <laughs>
0: yeah but all righty anthony uh kind of running a little bit late is there anything else you wanted to add before no. we head out on that here
1: i think we hit i think we hit plenty man
0: yeah we did so all righty so as always, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Couch Potato Sports Denver Broncos Edition podcast. Be sure to check out the Crashing Net Colorado Avalanche. You know, they scored seven goals in the past two games, averaging 4.6 goals a game. So you might want to tune in and keep an eye on those Avalanche. Um, Denver Nuggets podcast, keep an eye out for that. And then, the of course, the redheaded Stepchild Colorado Rockies podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're gonna be a couple months starting up spring training. So well, I don't know. I mean lockout. Oh yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. The lockout. You know, that's funny, and I don't I know the podcast. Just... But it was like right before the lockout, like Rocky's rumors start getting released about them making an attempt to re-sign Trevor Story and also sign Chris Bryant. Like, did you see those?
0: I did, but I mean, like I don't have a lot of faith. for.
1: I don't either, movies. but it was like, it's just a move to like, that would draw a little bit of excitement. I'm like a uh, very famous... Uh, Chris Bryant. Bryant hater. and fucking
0: in, had Nolan Arenado.
1: I'm aware. I'm aware. Well, he, yeah, we can get into that big time, but I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That, that just, just bad it just, But it would have still been a little exciting. Chris Bryant is still a former MVP. Ooh, can- if, yeah. if he, I think if they would have done that just him, there's no point in re- like why, like, excuse what? What am I trying to say? If they would have done just like the Chris Bryant trade or uh, signing, and shit, I guess it could still possibly happen. You better try to be trying to bring Trevor Story back because if they just do just bring in Chris Bryant, what a waste of goddamn money. Just rebuild. Yeah. Fuck. We well, can we're have that conversation dance. every year. Exactly. Well, that's what I, that's the best part is that Brian is not a third baseman. He is a fucking utility. He can literally play first. He's can right. play outfield. He plays a lot of outfield. You're not going to stick him in right field because Chuck's out there. He ain't playing in fucking center because he's not fast enough. Stick mm-hmm. him at first. Stick him at first. Fuck it. He can yeah. he'd rake. He'd rake at Coors. I'd like it. I wouldn't mind it. He's, he'd bring a familiar face to the MLB world, and maybe it would give incentivized story on staying too. Well.
0: I was just gonna say, the MLB has just been like, has it just been me or has it just been tanking? The MLB has just, ah, they just keep shooting themselves in the foot with the dumb shit that they do.
1: Yeah, you know, and they had
0: this whole, they had this whole shit with the, uh, what was that, the spider tech bullshit, like the, the pine tar on pitchers' hands. Remember that early in the season? Oh yeah. Yeah, where well, they were and checking the up belts are, yeah, and shit. Yeah. yeah, people taking off their pants in the middle of the Max like,
1: just ready to throw hands. Yeah, with I'm the just umps. like
0: yeah. I'm like this is guys uh, uh
1: that's the, that's, that's to that's to Manfred, week.
0: right? Manfred?
1: Manfred, Manfred, yep.
0: Yeah, get get the fucking MLB together.
1: Come on. Yeah. It's, it and is, it's honestly never been more exciting as it is right now like the some of the players i mean it's it's attracting such a younger audience nowadays it's like don't scare them away now
0: exactly i know everybody everybody says this
1: is an old man sport don't be an old man about it let's get exciting right i'm with you but
0: we kind of went off on a tangent (laughs) there (laughs) this is a broncos podcast but uh yeah but hey we we can talk about all the sports too which is great so we're denver fans at heart so that's right um Yes, thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate you, um, and we look forward to this Broncos game on Sunday. You know, we always do. We always look forward to it. Uh, it's always a great day when the Broncos are playing.
1: So that's right.
0: It might not be a great night, depending on how it goes. But but it's a hell
1: of a good you know,
0: day. Yeah, it's a hell of a good day. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But already, Anthony, uh, as always, it's been wonderful doing this with you. I greatly appreciate the time you take away from your family to be able to do this. And it means a lot. Appreciate it. And I look forward to doing this for the months, years going forward. So,
1: yeah. yep, definitely. Me too, man.
0: All righty. So you have a wonderful night and always go Broncos.
1: Go Broncos.